Somebody was asking me this morning where I, where I come from. And uh, originally, well, originally I come from uh, my mom, actually. <laughs> but uh, uh, I actually grew up in a place called Wensbury. Wensbury. Anybody ever been to Wensbury? It's in a place in the West Midlands called the Black Country, you know, because of all the all the industrial work that went on there in, in years gone by. And the people who come from there, they have a very different language to English. Did you know that? People in that part of, they live in England, but they speak very differently. So uh, if I went home, if I go home to see my family who still live there, it's been a long time since I lived there, and they were greeting me, they'd say, all right, Gary, how am ya? <laughs> Which means, hello, Gary, how are you? All right, Gary, how am ya? Okay, it's a, it's a bit different, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit yum-yum, they call it. And... Um, and so that's where, that's where I grew up, but uh, I've lived most of my life since then in, in the city of Derby, I was mentioning this morning. And uh, these days, uh, my wife and I live in a place called Malvern in Worcestershire, where the Elim Pentecostal churches, of which Kensington Temple <clears throat> is a part, um, where we have our international offices and we have our theological college, um, which is where I see a lot of Scott as he's been studying there and uh, doing his master's degree in recent times. He's more intelligent than he looks. <laughs> doing a great job actually and uh, it's been great to get to know Scott there and um, well this evening I don't know about you it's been good so far hasn't it just fantastic as we've sung our songs to God and he's amongst us and that great story from Davinia Yes, what a great story. I love it. I love it when I meet baby Christians. You know, it's a lovely thing, isn't it? Yeah, wonderful. And it uh, takes you back, doesn't it? Especially those of us who've been following Jesus for decades. And it reminds us of what it was like for us as well. I don't know about you this, this evening. I don't know why you're here. Uh, maybe it's because you're a regular here at Kensington Temple. It could be that this is the very first Sunday that you've ever been in a church service here before. In fact, some of you might be thinking, I've never been in a church like this. <laughs> I thought it was a, like going to church was like, you know, watching paint dry or something. And it's certainly not like that this evening, is it? Um, it's, it's my first time here on a Sunday as well. So if it's your first time, we, uh, you know, we click with that one. When I was much younger... I was, um, I was one of those people who, who believed in God sometimes. Anybody ever been there in the past? Yeah, I believed in God sometimes. Let me just explain what I mean. So um, imagine this, you wake up in the morning, the sun's shining through the bedroom window, the birds are singing, you've had a brilliant night's sleep, and as you wake up, you think to yourself, yes, there must be a God. Yeah? And everything's fine until a few days later you wake up in the morning, you've slept really badly, uh, you know, you've been tossing and turning and you've, you wake up with a headache because you made that mistake of, um, of having cheese on toast for supper. It's never good to have cheese late at night, is it? And uh, you wake up and it's pouring down with rain outside. The birds are not singing because your next door neighbor shot them all the day before. And, um, you know, things are not going well. And uh, you make your way into the bathroom to clean your teeth. Because you know how, you know when you wake up in the morning, you have like that, that film on your teeth in the morning? Morning. Or maybe it doesn't happen in London. Maybe it's, maybe it's just where I live. I don't know. So you go to clean your teeth. Now, here's the thing. Who 
is it in your household, who is it who uses the last bit of toothpaste out the tube and just leaves the tube there empty? Yeah? It's weird, isn't it? But you think to yourself, if I squeeze the tube, you know, finger over finger from the bottom, I might be able to get a little bit of toothpaste onto my brush. You ever done that? So you start squeezing it from the bottom up like this. It's family sized. And a little bit of toothpaste pops out the top of the tube, totally misses your toothbrush straight down the plug hole. And you think, oh, goodness. So forget that. You go downstairs and you're the last person in the house. And um, I guess, you know, living in this posh part of London, I guess you would be like a high fiber freak for breakfast, yeah? So you reach into the cupboard for the bran flakes. Now, listen, who is it in your household who uses the last few bran flakes in the packet and puts the packet back empty? I mean, what's that all about? And, and you, you pull it out of the cupboard and, and in the bottom of the, of the box, there's like sawdust and that's about it, you know? So you think, oh, forget it. I'll have some toast instead for breakfast. So you walk across to the bread bin and you open the bread bin and there in the bread bin is that crust. That crust that everybody's been avoiding for the last three weeks. <laughs> And you take it out of the wrapper and growing on top of the crust, there's a football pitch. It's, it's, it's green, you know, but there is nothing else in the house. So you scrape the green off <laughs> and you put it into the pop-up toaster and you go across here to make yourself a cup of tea or coffee, whatever your choice of hot beverage is. Now, why is it on mornings like this that pop-up toasters always seem to forget that they are pop-up toasters. So you're making your drink and you think, what is that smell? Fire! So you run across and you pop it up by hand. And now it's not green on the top, it's black. <laughs> so what are you going to do? You scrape the black off. And you smear it with butter and, and marmalade. And you're just walking across to the kitchen table. And of course, on mornings like this when everything's going wrong, as you're walking across, the piece of toast slips off the plate. <laughs> and begins to sort of pirouette down towards the kitchen carpet. And it's like everything goes into slow motion. You go... <laughs> trying to catch it before it hits the carpet and while you're trying to catch it you're thinking to yourself this piece of toast has got a 50 50 chance yeah. of landing marmalade side up or marmalade side down on mornings like this does it ever land marmalade side up not a chance so you pick it off the carpet <laughs> And now on top of the marmalade, there's all sorts of other, other interesting things. Dog hairs. You don't even have a dog. Old, dry roasted peanuts. Somebody's toenail clippings. And you stand there in the middle of the kitchen, right? And you think to yourself, 
there cannot be a God. Because if there was a God, he wouldn't let all these bad things happen to me. Anybody ever been there? Not quite like I've described, you know? So that was me when I was, when I was younger. Some days I thought, yeah, maybe there is. You know, I looked around at creation. I thought, well, how can you have creation without a creator? And then sometimes things went wrong, things went wrong in my life. And I'm thinking, well, if, if God really cared, he'd sort these things out. What changed everything for me was very similar to what changed everything for, for Davinia, okay? That I had this encounter this experience with God where I I knew his reality, his love, his power, his goodness in my life. It's what philosophers call, this is for for the deep people here tonight, philosophers call it subjective certainty. When you just know that something meaningful and amazing has happened, yeah? It's like this. Imagine I had an apple here in my hand now and I said to you, you see this apple? It's really sweet and it's really tasty. If I, if I said that to you, have I proved anything to you? Not at all. No, no. What about if I said to you, hey, I ate the apple that was hanging right next to this one on the same tree and that was really sweet and really tasty. Does that prove anything about this apple? Not at all. Because you might bite it and find out there's a massive maggot running right the way through the middle of it and you're getting more protein in your mouth than you intended or something, okay? Now listen, in the Bible it says this. It says, taste and see that God is good. Taste and see. What does it mean? It means experience him for yourself. Find out for yourself through experience that God is who he says he is, that God cannot, can do what he says he can do, and that he can make all the difference in your life. So as we gather together this evening in the name of Jesus, as we're in the presence of each other and the presence of God more especially, here's the wonderful thing. Before you leave church this evening, if it's never happened for you before, for you before, you can experience God for yourself. You can have that encounter with Jesus, Jesus that makes all the difference in the world. I want to dive into the Bible now and read to you one person's encounter with the Lord Jesus that actually changed everything for him. And I want to suggest the same can happen for you uh, this evening as well. So I'm going to read to you from Luke's Gospel, um, chapter 5. And I'm going to read from verse 16. Here's what it says. It says, One day Jesus was teaching, and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. Now, just in case you don't know, Pharisees and teachers of the law, these were the religious people, the religious leaders of his day. Now, how many of you know that uh, to follow Jesus doesn't make you a religious person? It means you've got a relationship with God. Because I don't know about you, but I, I just get, th- I think being religious sounds really a bit boring, to be honest. Yeah? Uh, but that's not what God has for us. He has a relationship available for us with Himself. So these were the religious guys. They had come, says Luke, from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And Listen to this. The power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. 
And they tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went upon the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. I just, I, I just imagine the guy who owned the house who'd lent it to Jesus for a meeting and his roof's been ripped off. I mean, that's not too good, is it? But that's what happens. Imagine you're there in that room with Jesus and daylight breaks in and suddenly there's this bloke being lowered through the hole in the roof. When Jesus saw their faith, the faith of these guys who brought their friend, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law, do you remember those, the religious people? They began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? They were correct. Jesus knew what they were thinking and he asked them, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or to say, get up and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I'm telling you, get up, take your mat and go home. Immediately, he stood up in front of them, took what he'd been lying on and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. We have seen remarkable things today. Hang on to your seats because we will see remarkable things this evening because we're in the presence of the living Lord Jesus. Amen. So let me, um, whoever you are, whether you're a regular here or whether you're here for the first time or you haven't been many times before, let me, if you don't mind, let me issue you this evening with three invitations or if, if you will, three challenges to respond to. And then at the end, what I'd like you to do, if you don't mind, is to RSVP because it would be rude not to, yeah? When you have an invitation, normally it's uh, polite to respond. So I'm going to ask you to do that. Uh, and there's an opportunity this evening for you to experience in your own life a miracle from the Lord Jesus. So here is the really good news. Here's the really good news for every one of us this evening. The first part of that really good news is this, is that you and I, we can experience the power of Jesus healing us. We can experience the power of Jesus healing us. Did you notice what it said, what Dr. Luke actually said in that reading? He said that the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. The power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Nothing's changed. He's the same God as he's always been, and his power is present this evening because he's here with us. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Let me tell you the story of a woman called Jackie Dibley. Um, Jackie lives uh, uh, in Newbury. You know, if you go down the M4 from here, uh, you go past Reading, and there's Newbury, small market town. And uh, Jackie 
uh, is a follower of Jesus, uh, but she's, she's suffered an awful lot in her life. She's been suffering from osteoarthritis, really uh, a really bad form of osteoarthritis for many, many years uh, that, that put her into a wheelchair. In fact, the only way she could get around out of the wheelchair, you know these crutches that sort of grab you around, around here? She could sort of get around a little bit like that, but most of her life she was spending in a wheelchair. Um, she also suffered with fibromyalgia, which is a terrible thing, isn't it? It's like, uh, at its worst, you just get touched and you feel pain. That sort of thing goes on. And in recent times, she'd also had a trapped nerve that caused her to have in incessant pain down, down one of her legs, and nothing seemed to get rid of that particular problem. She had actually been on the disability living allowance uh, for more than 10 years, and she was due to be on dis DLA for the rest of her life. The medics had said, Jackie... You know, this is not going to get any better, so you'll, you'll get disability living allowance for the rest of, of your life. So let me uh, just, there's a, a, a picture that will come up. This is, uh, this is Jackie uh, in her wheelchair. Now, um, one particular Sunday, she, she belonged to the uh, Elim Church in Newbury. One particular Sunday, the pastor was away on holiday. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so uh, one of the younger guys in the church was preaching that particular morning. And he was preaching on a story uh, in the Gospels where Jesus was healing someone. You, many of you will know, if you read through the Gospels, it's almost like Jesus is always just about, he's on his way to heal someone. He's just in the, minute, in the process of healing them, or he's just finished healing them. The Gospel writers sort of uh, put all their material together like that. So he's, he's reading this story, and he's talking about this story. And at the end of the service, he said to the uh, folks in the church, he said, you know what? Um, as we sing together, if you need prayer for healing... Because, you know, the Lord's the same. Why don't you come forward for prayer? So Jackie was there, and uh, that particular morning, she had a cough. And she also had a sty developing on one of her eyes. So she thought to herself, I'll go forward and get some prayer for healing. So she came forwards, and some people in the church uh, were praying for her. And as they prayed for her that morning, the cough went. And the sty on her eye disappeared. And then osteoarthritis completely left her body. Fibromyalgia disappeared. And this ongoing pain, wait for it, wait for it, folks. The pain down the back of her leg completely disappeared. And by the end of the service, she pushed her wheelchair home. Now, I heard about this story. Yeah, wonderful, absolutely wonderful. I heard about this story and I thought, that's fantastic. So uh, I called her pastor. This is some months afterwards when I heard the story. And I said to her pastor, hey, you know that um, story about um, Jackie Dibley? He said, yeah. I said, um, how's she doing? And he said, well, let me tell you. He said, the week after, it came to, on the Tuesday and she was absolutely feeling fine. So she thought she ought to go back to the GP and report in. And apparently what happened was she walked into the GP surgery, the female GP, and the, the GP went as white as a ghost. <laughs> and um, she said, uh, the GP said, Jackie, what's happened to you? She said, well, I believe Jesus has healed me. And, uh, and Jackie said to the, the GP, you, you, you don't look very good. You need some water. And the GP said, I think I need something stronger than water <laughs> right now. 
So the GP examined her from top to toe, and I've seen, I wish I'd have brought it with me today. I've seen the letter from the uh, GP surgery that this uh, doctor wrote saying something like, I've, I've examined Jackie Dibley from head to toe. She's been presenting for many, many years with all of these conditions. I can't find anything wrong with her. So wonderful, absolutely wonderful. And, um, and so I said to the pastor, I said, so what's happening now? He said, well, it's funny because just as I'm talking to you now, I can see her across the other side of the church building. We have a moms and tots group, parents and tots group going on here. And she's a volunteer and she's just sitting with one of the other women having a chat with her right now. So uh, if we put up the other picture, this is Jackie these days. There she is. Jesus is still in the business of doing the miraculous. Amen. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And still this evening, as the Bible puts it, all the promises of God are yes in Jesus Christ. In other words, he's still the answer for all of our needs. Now, I need to say one more thing before I move on is this, because sometimes people misunderstand. Thank God for the NHS. I mean, thank God for the NHS. My guess would be that probably all of us here this evening have been recipients of help from our National Health Service. Amen? Yeah? So we're thankful for doctors and nurses and surgeons and physios and occupational therapists and psychologists, psychiatrists, all of those people, you know. Uh, and yet, here's what I've discovered. When I talk to medics, there's a real humility very often amongst them that says, hey, we can only do what we can do particularly those medics who have faith, they would say, but it's only God who actually ends up knitting flesh back together, who makes broken bones heal, who helps people through that sort of, uh, those sort of circumstances in their lives. But what we're talking about this evening is those moments when God breaks in, when God breaks in in a moment and does in an instant what otherwise might take months or years. Or certainly when God breaks in and, and accelerates the whole process of making us whole and bringing healing in our lives. That's what we're talking about tonight. We're not negating the work of the NHS and doctors and medics and all the rest. We're saying thank God for that. But also we're recognizing there are moments when God brings signs into our lives. When he does things which are wonders, which he does things which are absolutely miraculous in an instant. Amen. And that's where we're going to be going tonight. In fact, I think we'll do it right now uh, before we carry on with, it, with the message. So here's what I'd like to do at this point. I'm going to ask you in a moment, um, if you're here tonight and you're sick, uh, you're ill with something, I'm going to ask you if you're able to stand to your feet or if you're not able to stand, that's fine. Maybe you could raise a hand or something. And we're going to pray and ask the living Lord Jesus to actually bring his healing power to touch you right where you are. I'm not going to invite you to come out the front or anything, just where you're uh, seated right now. I'm going to ask you in a moment to stand if you'd like prayer, and then I'm going to pray from the platform and ask the Lord Jesus to do something for you. Is that okay? That would be all right, wouldn't it? That'd be, that'd be fine. And uh, because he... The Lord loves you more than my words could ever say it. He's more real than I could ever explain it. So we're going to ask him to bring signs of his reality into our lives. Now, you might say to me, um, you might say, well, Gary, you know, what's going on in my life? It's trivial. 
you know what God's concerned about the small things and the big things? I was in the church a while ago and I said something like this. I said, do you know, even if you only had something like, um, I don't know, a veruca on the bottom of your left foot, you know, God's concerned about that. There was a woman in the church who'd got a veruca on the bottom of her left foot. So she stood to her feet. By the end of the service when she left, there was no veruca on her foot anymore, you know. So it can be something as simple as that. Or it could be some long-standing illness or sickness that you've had. And, uh, well, we want to give God an opportunity to do something. Amen? To either bring complete healing to you in an instant, he does that very well, or to actually touch your life in such a way that there's a massive acceleration in your recovery from, from what you're suffering with. Amen? Is that okay? All right, Jesus is here. If you'd like prayer, that's fine. If you can, would you stand? If you can, would you stand if you'd like prayer? And uh, we're going to pray now. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Let's pray together, folks. Let's pray. And if you're standing for, for prayer for healing, here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you just to close your eyes if you can and think about Jesus. Whatever helps you to think about him, whether it's an image of his face or the cross or an empty tomb, whatever helps you to think about Jesus. Um, I don't want you to pray. I just want you to relax and think about Jesus. Okay, that's all. And have a, a, an openness to receive from God. That's all you have to do. Is that right? So just do that now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we, uh, we're aware that you're with us tonight and we welcome your presence. And we pray that ancient prayer of the church this evening. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, increase. Increase that awareness of your presence here amongst us tonight, Lord. We want to know that we know that you're here. I thank you, Father, tonight for all these wonderful people standing to their feet in need of prayer. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you care for them more than my words could ever say. And your power is so much more amazing than we could ever explain. So Father, right now, in the name of the living Lord Jesus, I speak to sickness, to illness, to long-standing infirmities, in the lives of my brothers and sisters gathered here. And I, I say, Father, in the name of Jesus, let your healing power be released upon these women and men. Let your healing power be released right now. In the name of Jesus, be healed. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Father, let your kingdom come now. And the power of your kingdom, the power of your rule and reign, let it be released into these bodies right now in the name of Jesus. And I speak those same words over people in their homes right now watching online. Let your power be released in Jesus' name, let there be healing in your wonderful name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just stay relaxed, folks. 
Just receive from the Lord right where you are. Just receive from the Lord. Where there's been pain and difficulty, I command that pain to cease. Stop now in Jesus' name. Where there's been weakness, I speak strength. Strength in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Send your power, Lord. Send your healing. Bring your wholeness over broken bodies here tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. More, Lord. Let there be more. More of your healing power released upon these women and men. In Jesus' name, let it be, Lord. Let it be. Thank you, Jesus. Just wait for a moment in this place because God is touching lives. The Holy Spirit is all over you right now. Power of God touching your life. Just from your own heart, begin to thank Him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's stay in that place of prayer for a moment. You know, some of you, as we're praying right now, you would not know straight away whether you've been healed because you would need to um, go and see the medics and get it checked out. And of course, that's really, really important. But I wonder how many of you, as we're praying right now, you just sense something happening, that God is doing something in your life right now and bringing relief and bringing wholeness and completeness to you. Something's going on. Just as we stay in prayer for a moment, if that's you, wherever you're standing right now, just raise a hand and say, God, thank you, here I am. Thank you for touching me. Thank you, Lord, thanks. Just raise your hands if you know God's doing something in your life. You may not be able to quantify it right now, but you know something's going on. Thank you, Lord. God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Here's the thing, folks. Sometimes in meetings like this, we don't feel anything, and yet God is still healing. God is still healing. And I'm amazed how many times I hear stories of people when they get home, and suddenly realize that the pain is not there anymore, the difficulty is not there anymore, that the sickness is, is better because God's done something, because Jesus is still the Lord that heals us. Amen. Amen. Let's take our seats. Fantastic. Wonderful. We want to um, say as well at the end of our service, if some of you would like specific prayer, one-on-one, the the, uh, prayer team will be available here at the front. So please feel free to come forwards and take advantage of that at the end if you'd like that down for you. Really good news that we can experience the power of Jesus healing us. But here's the the second thing, uh, the second invitation for you tonight, and it's this. It's an invitation to experience the power of Jesus bringing his forgiveness. Now, just imagine, if you will, that you had been there on that day when this paralyzed man is lowered down through the roof at the feet of Jesus. Imagine you're there. I mean, it would have been like sardines, you know, all packed into that small house. And you look at this man on the floor. Here's a question. What would you say he needed from Jesus? It's not not a trick question. What do you think he needs from Jesus? He needs healing. The guy's paralyzed. Isn't it amazing then 
what Jesus says to him. Did you notice? The first thing that Jesus says to him, he says, friend. He says, friend. And Jesus wants you to hear those words tonight, that he wants you to be his friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. And I'll tell you what's amazing about that, that Jesus would call you and me friend. It's because actually we're his enemies. Because what the Bible makes clear is this, is that every one of us has stood before God and God has said to us, if it were me, God would say to me, Gary, I want you to live your life in this direction. I want you to walk with me. I want you to know my presence and goodness and life. Gary, come this way with me. And I've said, okay, God, you want me to go that way with you? God says, yes. And I've said, right. And I've walked off in totally the opposite direction. The Bible says that's what every single human being has done to a greater or lesser degree. We've turned our backs on God. We've done our own thing. We've said, God, get, get lost. I don't want to do your thing. I want to do my own thing. I want, to, I want to call the shots. I want to make the decisions. You know, I'm going to live as the captain of my own soul. The Bible calls that sin. But Jesus says, friend. And then he says this, he says, your sins. Oh yeah, your sins, my sins. You ever had that moment in your life when you're just minding your own business, um, just chilling maybe somewhere, and suddenly out of nowhere, it's like a video begins to play in your head. And it's a memory of something that you were involved in sometimes years ago or months ago, something that you did that you should never have done. Some words that you said that were really hurtful and damaging and, uh, and you live with the regret of that now, but it's happened. It's happened. Or maybe, a, maybe simply a situation that you ended up in and uh, now as you look back, you, you think about it with shame, you think about it with regret, you feel the guilt and the weight of all of that, but it follows you. And every now and again, you remember your sins. Oh, yeah. My sins. My wrongdoing. My selfishness. My rebellion against God's ways for my life. And then Jesus says this. Friend, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Isn't that really good news? Now, I want to say to you tonight, nobody has the right to say that to you except Jesus Christ. No, no pastor, no priest, no vicar, no, no religious leader has the right to say to you, your sins are forgiven. Only Jesus has the right to say that to you because he's the only one who's done everything necessary to make that real for you and for me. There's a story told about a guy living in, uh, in the United States of America and he was sitting in his apartment one night watching TV when suddenly the door into his apartment burst open and his younger brother came running into the room and uh, he was wearing a blood-soaked shirt. And what had happened was this younger brother had just been involved in a knife fight 
And he'd stabbed a guy, but he'd also been wounded himself. And in the distance, they could hear the sound of police sirens heading for the scene. The elder brother realized that they only had a few minutes before the police would arrive at the apartment following the trail of blood. So he said to his younger brother, take off your shirt. Younger brother said, what for? He said, just do it, take off your shirt. And as he did that, the elder brother removed his shirt and he swapped shirts with his kid brother. A few moments later, the police burst into the apartment and they saw this older brother wearing the shirt covered in blood. So they, they immediately arrested him and took him away. He was put on trial and he was found guilty of murder. And some years later, he was executed for a crime that he didn't commit. And what I want to say tonight, folks, is this. 2,000 years ago, your elder brother, as it were, your elder brother, he said, it's my fault. I did it. And he hung on a cross and took the penalty for all of that mess in our lives, all of our wrongdoing, all of our selfishness, all of the accumulated rubbish from the years, he took it all upon himself because he cares so much about you. He gave his whole life so that you could hear the words of Jesus tonight. Friend, your sins are forgiven, not because you deserve it, not because you or I are good enough, but because Jesus has been good enough to take it all upon himself. Amen. And it means that we can start a whole new life. Isn't that really good news? There's a whole new life waiting for you when you come to Jesus just as you are with all of your issues and hang-ups and addictions and problems. But we come to him and we hear him say, you're forgiven, put your trust in me. I've done all that's necessary for you to start over again. Isn't that brilliant? Here's the last thing really quickly. The really good news is this. You can experience the power of Jesus to change your life, to change everything for the better. Here is a man in this story who comes into the presence of Jesus depressed because he's been lying on that mat for years and he's horizontal. He's paralyzed. But did you notice in the story, at the end of it, he leaves from the presence of Jesus. It says, praising God and vertical. <laughs> That's quite a change, isn't it? He's praising God and he's vertical. The Bible puts it like this. It says, when someone becomes a Christian, God makes them brand new, brand new. All the old has gone. That's finished. Everything has become new. Now, that's not a theory. That's my experience. That's Davinia's experience. That's the experience of millions and millions of people all across the face of planet Earth tonight. And it can be yours as well. You come to Jesus just as you are, like this paralyzed man, and you find that he can bring about the most enormous change. He can change bad things into good things. He can change wrong things into right things. He can recreate you into the person that God always intended that you should be if you'll come to him. So that's the challenge for you tonight. I don't know why you're here. As I said earlier, I don't know why you're here tonight. Maybe, maybe a friend brought you. 
Maybe you just wandered in this evening. Maybe this is a place where you've been many times before. But the deal is very simply this. Tonight, if you would come to Jesus and say to him, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for walking away from you. Lord, thank you that you were willing to be crucified in my place, my elder brother. Lord, please come and make me clean. Come and help me start all over again. Come and give me your power to be the person you created me to be. God will answer that prayer and you'll leave from church tonight a brand new person. Are you ready for that? Because if you're ready, God has been ready for a long, long time waiting for you.